Welcome to a special bonus episode of Offbeat. I'm your host, Allison Mullenkamp. For our last episode, we convened a roundtable of Diamondback staff to talk about mental health during the pandemic and the ways they've been coping. Diamondback Assistant Special Projects Editor Clara Longo de Freitas led the conversation. As promised, here is a longer version of that discussion. Because of the pandemic, we weren't able to talk in person, so please bear with our sound quality from Zoom. Over the course of the episode, we do mention a couple books and articles, and those are linked in the show notes. Before we start, please note, none of us are licensed healthcare professionals. If you or anyone you know is currently struggling with mental health, the University Counseling Center offers students free individual, group, and couples counseling sessions, as well as drop-in hours and referral services to other resources nearby. Visit counseling.umd.edu for more resources. So we can start off by just kind of introducing ourselves and just saying our position with the Diamondback. I'm Kimmy Fleming. I am the assistant offbeat editor here at the Diamondback, and I'm also the multimedia editor. My name's Rosa. I am a podcast reporter. I'm Rachel Hunt. I'm the engagement editor at the Diamondback. I'm Alana Morris, and I am a diversions writer. My name is Kushbu Rathor, and I am the graduate student beat reporter for the news desk. My name is Amelia Jarecki, and I'm a multimedia reporter. My name is Tani Momani, and I'm a staff photographer. And I'm Allison, and I'm the offbeat editor. Can you guys just rec- describe to me what this whole year has been like for you? It can be very hard to describe that. If I can go, I think it's been very anxiety-inducing. For me in particular, I remember before pandemic even came to the United States, I got sick and I'd be coughing because like I would get sick and people would look at me very oddly. And I was just like scared to go to class for a week when I was like something I wouldn't worry about early. But even like throughout the pandemic, I've been like extremely worried about getting hate crime or whatnot, especially last week with everything that's happened in Georgia. Um, and that happened when I was in, like the Outer Banks, which is like, very white population with like confederate flags and trump signs and like remnants of old plantations and whatnot um so it's just been very anxiety inducing um like going to places that are you know specifically like very white institutions and just being there alone i think it's also just like mental health is such a hard part right now and i think for me specifically finding a therapist that comes from a lot of different intersectionalities that's Korean, a woman around my age. There's like one in the DMV and she left to do a study on shrooms. So I was like, ah! but she left to do a study on shrooms and psychedelics. It was on 60 Minutes, super proud of her, but she was like the only non-faith based Korean woman that was like 30-ish. And so it's like, it's hard to find intersectional care because specifically like I just know that how I grew up and like being a child of immigrants being a queer child of immigrants and so many other things it's hard to find somebody that like understands those things and yeah it's just been a very anxiety inducing year because it's just like waiting for something to happen but you don't know what and when too because everything's just happening when people are getting vaccinated but it's a slow process and just trying to be patient. I can definitely relate to that to just I feel like this whole year is just kind of like a time bomb waiting to explode and I just kind of like somehow I'm, I'm almost like okay I just want it to explode so that it just like ends but then it doesn't so it's it's very it's a very hard year and it's definitely anxiety inducing anyone else wants to jump in and tell me just what this year has been like for you guys so I was already like in therapy and like struggling with my own mental health 
long before the pandemic. At this point, I've been in therapy for almost five years. But this like definitely took a very different kind of toll on my mental health that I don't even understand fully now. I've missed like a lot of therapy just because I sometimes don't want to get out of bed or I just like don't want to talk to people because I don't understand the world as it is anymore. And then like being raised in like a household where I've never really felt accepted. Like I spent most of my high school years only in this house when I was like asleep. And it was very different to be here all the time with no real option for escape. And then like my parents and my brother got vaccinated. So they started going out into the world. And sometimes like I would get guilted into going with them because otherwise I was like ruining a family trip. And I didn't realize like how anxiety inducing it would be going out into the world again, like even with masks on, just going out in public places and being surrounded by people. I ended up having a really bad panic attack. And it's just, it's been really hard to understand how I'm gonna get back to like the normal world once like everyone is vaccinated and all this is over. Like, where do we go from here? And sometimes I'm just like stuck in that circle of thought that's just like, what happens next? Both of you mentioned the idea of sort of what comes next and and waiting for things to happen. And I think that's been really hard even since the beginning of everybody was sort of like, well, when will we get to come out of quarantine? And I think initially people were like, oh, it's two weeks. And then it was like, well, maybe by the summer. And we've just sort of pushed the day back and back and back. And I don't know, they sent out the email saying, oh, school will be in person in the fall. And I don't know if I believe that. I certainly hope that it comes true, but I think there's sort of a, a distrust that things will go right after a year of this. I think for me, I didn't realize how much of my life I took for granted until this past year happened. And I see everyone nodding because I know so many people that also feel like that, but I am a very social person. I am also a very busy person. I was always either when I wasn't in class, I was seeing my friends. I was at meetings for extracurriculars and not having that is something I never thought I would miss necessarily because I used to be really introverted. But I have never felt this alone until COVID hit. And I've done my best to keep in touch with people and Zoom. It sucks staring at a computer, but it's like the best we got. And I think especially coming back to school and I'm a very outdoorsy person. And when winter hit, I never left my apartment. And then the semester just ramped up and I was sitting at my desk, mostly what I've been doing all day today, staring at my computer, doing work all day, not even having a free time to like go for a walk or talk to my roommates because I am so just like stuck on my computer all the time that I miss that social interaction that really was a break in my day. And that's something that I've been struggling with this entire year, but especially during school, because being stuck in a college apartment with nothing else to do besides schoolwork is really bad for me. I feel like at the the beginning of the pandemic, I had this thought, like, maybe I should go to therapy. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of like a meteor hit. Like, we, we were all going through this sort of collective trauma and I almost feel, I, I, I remember feeling like, well, what's the point of going to therapy when my therapist will inevitably be like also just like girding themselves against the everyday 
trauma of the pandemic. Now I've changed my tune. Um, and, and now I'm kind of, I feel like back on the search a little bit because I have finally acknowledged that maybe I need a little nudge, but I, I've been thinking a lot about just the way that the way that none of us are the same anymore. And I read this essay that kind of was like viral on Twitter a few weeks ago. That was, I think it was titled, you are not the same person you were before the pandemic. And that really like, that really hit me because it's, I think it's a, a thought that I've had many times. And I remember having this conversation early on about the way that grief and trauma affects us. And personally, I, I think the question about if people can essentially change um, is debatable. And some people think that it's not really possible to change like who you are on a basic level. But I think that one of the things that does do that, that does kind of engender that change is loss and grief. And I kind of had this thought like, this might be the first time and maybe the only time in our lives collectively that we're all having this sort of major loss, you know, some, some very small, some, you know, of us are lucky enough to not have lost anybody close to us. And then some are major, really major trauma, really intensive loss. And I just kind of feel like I don't really know how you can come out of that unchanged on maybe a a sort of basic level. I feel like my entire life, like, yes, everything has changed, but day to day, I feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Like I'm stuck in this weird groundhog day loop and I can't get out. And then with that, there's also, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, even though things haven't really changed except for having a vaccine, I felt like I was constantly screaming into the void of like trying to get people to care about what's happening. So it's like a a loop of all of my activities are the same all the time, but also the loop of like, like poor behavior and selfishness that other people are like exhibiting and I can't really do anything to change them. So it was just really hard to get myself to not feel hopeless, I guess, because like I, there's only so much one person can do. And I feel like, especially in this time, there was, there was so many things happening with the pandemic and then also police brutality and then like the rise in racial bias incident or like just in general hate crimes for Asian people. And so it's like, how many things can we go through at once then nobody will change their behavior? So it was like a really honestly terrible time, regardless of background, I guess, because like there's so many people that you care about that are being affected mentally and physically with abuse and also like just COVID in general. And it's it, it was just really difficult to not feel like stuck and like helpless. Well, like literally and metaphorically, I think this year has been like packing up a suitcase, moving somewhere, unpacking that suitcase, packing it back up and going somewhere else and re-unpacking it. I feel like it was like a very rough year, like everybody else said. And I think for me, it was like finally like opening up the suitcase and landing on that final destination of like, I'm actually going to unpack this because... I had like never gone to therapy before, except for like one time. And then I convinced my mom to let me get out of it. And then last year, just like everything hit the fan. And I was like diagnosed with bipolar 2 and anxiety disorder and panic attack disorder. And it was like, finally, like I was understanding a lot of my experience that I hadn't understood before because all of a sudden I had like a name or a word to something that had always just kind of been there. And so I think kind of like dealing with, with, 
like having a word for it because I never wanted to label it because all of a sudden you're labeled and it's like who do we know is bipolar like Kanye and Halsey and like how can you be on a scale with them right so I think really like unpacking that and then I've been doing some like pretty intensive therapy so I go like twice a week but that on top of just like reflecting by myself like with journals or art or poetry or just reading a good book and also like engaging in like faith and spirituality and what you believe the meaning of this all is I think has been really grounding and finally being like, okay, I'm going to open this suitcase and I'm going to, I'm going to leave it open. I'm not just going to put things back under my bed once they're done. Cause I think I was doing that up until the pandemic hit. Then all of a sudden you have stuff and you, you can't put it back at that point. It's just too much with like personal trauma, collective trauma, and then kind of like internalizing other people's trauma. And I mean, you've heard it said before, like we're fearing for our lives every day just with COVID and everything that's going on. And I think it's definitely important kind of in that time to like discover who you are and discover what makes you happy and what doesn't make you happy and what you want to do at the end of all this. Yeah, kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. So I've actually been going to therapy now for, I can't count, four years, five years, something like that. And it's been okay. Um, it's been oddly okay. I haven't actually felt a pandemic that much until like this month. Not because like I'm living in another world. It's just because it's my way of coping. I just kind of usually numb it all out. I'm just kind of like existing at this point. And it started to hit me this month because Brazil, my home country, um, it's at its worst it's uh, it has ever been. You know, like the ICU beds are all occupied. There's just no vaccine, there's just no hope. And that's like when things really started to hit. And kind of like what Rosa said about like finding a therapist that like gets you in a more, I guess like in a more essential way. Um, it's really hard because my therapist, she's lovely, but you know, she's not a child of immigrants. She's not Brazilian, obviously. So it can be very hard to like go to her and like scream about what's been going on because she can like kind of relate to you but it's never the same if you guys want to talk also about just like how you guys have been looking for a therapist I think something people need to hear is finding a therapist that is right for you is like dating if not even harder because you're like bearing your mother freaking soul to them about things that like you don't even know they're just like unpacking it but also like find someone within like your shared experience I mean sometimes it's better not to but specifically for me like when I go to therapy and I like talk about some very specific cultural thing I like sometimes I don't want the mental weight of having to explain it sometimes I think it's really nice and just amazing to be understood. It like, you know, sometimes you don't know. Sometimes like I date around with therapists, you know, if anything, I was a hoe with therapists. And you know, like you just need, like sometimes it's like first date, you'll figure out, you're like, ah, oh, you're not the one. But sometimes it takes like a month or so. And like, don't feel bad if you need to break up with them. Definitely give them feedback on like, like and like let them know like, hey, I think you're great, Sarah. But like, I just, I think I need like X, Y, and Z from a therapist or I'm just not, the spark isn't there. The spark needs to be there, which sounds wild when it comes to therapy. But like, there has to be a connection because you have to ultimately trust them. There's a lot of great resources online for different communities of color on finding therapists of color. And I think you know, there's, I think I first started on like psychologytoday.com and I like clicked the little like filters and did it. That's a great first option, but like 
know that there's other places that you can look specifically for certain resources and like they're great. I am on my, I think my third therapist and like at some point in the middle of those, like I went to a bunch of like one appointment trials and like, let me tell you, it was an experience. My first therapist, like what Rosa said is so accurate, right? Like you are probably not going to find a therapist that fits you your very first shot. And if you do, honestly, like good for you. And like, that's amazing. But like, you shouldn't feel bad if you don't. That's just part of life. My first therapist was one that my parents actually chose because I was coming right out of middle school. They didn't think I was mature enough to make my own decisions. She was like this interactive play therapist and it just at some point it stopped working for me and she was also like a female Indian. I think she was either the child of immigrants or like a second generation immigrant but we just like we didn't click and I couldn't trust her and it felt like she wasn't really listening to me. And like another thing that's really frustrating about mental health treatment is that it's so expensive. Like unless you find one who's on your insurance and like you vibe with, then like it's really hard to like be able to afford therapy. I'm lucky in that my parents are making enough money for me to be able to go to therapy and have a psychiatrist and like have a therapist who's not on our insurance. And like, I vibe with her and like, she is a like 50 year old white woman. She has like four kids. One of them is my age, but like she gets me and she listens to me. So I definitely understand like finding someone who relates to you, but there's also something to be said about just like finding someone who listens. Your therapist should give you homework and maybe not like too much homework where it's like stressful and you have your own homework on your own, but they should give you like bite-sized activities or explorations or like journal prompts or things that you can go do on your own that can just like help you process through the week or help you like reprogram your thoughts and stuff like that. I think that's been the biggest thing I've learned from my most recent therapist is like getting homework can be good in that like it forces you to grow. And I think especially when you're like resisting that growth, having something that's like kind of in the back of your head, like a book to read or a feelings wheel or something like that definitely can help. I feel like also just normalizing talking about mental health because personally, I was never really comfortable having these types of conversations with people in my life until now. I kind of wanted to go to Rose's point on finding a therapist that shares your culture or shares your cultural values because I'm still, okay, I'm still sort of figuring this out, but lately I've been thinking about, I think there's also a value in finding somebody who doesn't share your culture. I'm kind of coming from the experience of, okay, so I'm Jewish and I, I went through a period where I was sort of determined to find a Jewish therapist. I thought, okay, this is like what I need. I need somebody who can relate to my cultural experience, who understands what I'm talking about. I don't have to explain anything to. And I don't know. I I didn't have a bad experience, but I do remember like as I've sort of reflected back on it, I have kind of wondered if that familiarity can be both an advantage and a disadvantage at the same time. I don't know. I think there's sort of, there are certain things that maybe we normalize a little bit. I mean, at least in my culture, like 
I feel like anxiety and depression is so prevalent. I can't really speak for other ones, though. I know that's definitely not exclusive to me. But I remember I, I remember having a conversation with um, a therapist I was seeing at one point. I, I feel like I remember her saying something like, oh, you remind me of myself at your age. And a part of me was like, okay, I, I want to create distance. I don't know if I necessarily uncomfortable with that. I also kind of remember right now, I'm like kind of in in the beginning of it, but I'm reading a few weeks ago, I bought Minor Feelings. Kathy Park Hong, I think is the author. In the beginning, she's talking about treating her depression. And I believe she's Korean, Korean American. And she goes through this sort of experience where she's determined to see this specific Korean therapist. And it doesn't end up working out. It's just this like very unpleasant journey because she's so determined to have this therapist that shares her culture. And in the end, it kind of just ends up being this weird wild goose chase. But anyway, yes, I, I, I don't have an answer yet. I think that it's so complicated and there's so much value in finding somebody who shares your cultural values. And maybe there's also a little bit of value in distance. I feel like going back to the dating anecdote, much like dating, don't, you don't always have to date your type. Sometimes opposite attractions work or the people that you least expect it work. So just date around, find people. And I feel like something that's really important, especially through the pandemic, before the pandemic, people have gone to see therapy before, during, right now, is progress is not linear. And definitely that is such the case with everything going on. And that doesn't mean that you're not progressing or getting better or going to the place that you need to be. It's just like, it's it's not linear. It goes many different funky directions, but eventually it's going to go to the place you need when you're putting in the work and trying to be better and coping. I would also say that it's like easier said than done. Like it's okay to be afraid to like make the move to go to therapy, but like don't don't wait until it's too late to make that move. I know there's a lot of like shame and a stigma around that whole thing about going to therapy, finding a therapist, opening up with your problems, but be much easier to do that now than have something happen and then have to backtrack. So I would definitely say like it's okay to be scared, but maybe get support from other people or have somebody help you schedule an appointment or find a therapist or talk to other people who have and then kind of just take a leap of faith. I think like one other thing that I would say is that we have to keep in mind that therapy is not like I guess like the only solution and it's it doesn't work for everyone and it it might means that you might have to do like get some medicine and and that's totally fine. I think it's it it can be like a cultural thing where people are like oh my god, like, this person is taking, like, medicine, like, that's normal, like, yes, I take medicine for mental health, and my daddy takes it for, like, blood pressure, like, it's the same thing, and it's just, like, some, it's something, like, mental health is something that you have to, like, work on it every day, and not just, like, on that, those little sessions, so I think, like, one thing that I've been doing a lot to just, like, be able to cope is just kind of, like, drawing a lot, um, just, like, doodling just trying to express myself in some way and also just like in general accepting all of these feelings because I feel like at some point I was just kind of trying to like just not accept it be like no it's fine I'm okay like this is just like stay at home I always stay at home what's the point like but that's just like one of the ways that I've been trying to cope and it's just like that's what it has worked for me is just try to find a way to express whatever I have to express and like accept that I have to not be okay and that I don't have to pretend that everything is fine because it's not 
and that's fine. So that's just like a, another thing that I think we can talk a little bit. It's just about ways that you guys have been trying to cope with all of this. And I guess any suggestions that you guys might have for folks who, who are also, you know, struggling. Something that I've really turned to is just prioritizing my self-care. I think when I get depressed or I get stuck in my own head, I don't take care of myself. I won't clean my room. And that's something that I know if I do, I'm going to feel better. So if I put my work down, take a shower, like do my hair, clean my room, I know I'm going to feel better about myself, even though I'm not doing my work. So that's something that I've definitely started doing more of since the pandemic started. Yeah. In terms of like things to do that have been helpful in just sort of coping day to day. I think it's helped to realize like everyone else is lonely too. And I definitely sometimes have anxiety of like, I am better friends with people than they are with me. Like I probably like them more than they like me, but uh, it's actually not true usually. And I think the first time I sort of was brave about that, uh, my birthday was in June last year. And I sort of waited and waited and waited. I was like, what should I do for my birthday? And the day before I did like a goofy Facebook event and sent invites to people from like all different times and places in my life and was like hey if you want to be on zoom for like 45 minutes I can't give you any cake because it's on zoom but like let's chat and all of these different people who had never met each other largely showed up and we all got to just like spend a little bit of time together and so I've done some little play readings with some of those people on zoom and so I think things like this of realizing like other people are going through everyone is going through the pandemic together other people like you just as much as you like them reach out even if it's for one day in the future. This is such a random thing, but over winter break, I started waking up and instead of looking at my phone, I would read a short story and something about it was just really wonderful. And it it just very like tactile, just like to, you know, hold something in your hand besides this like horrible phone square. I would like your recommendation on a short story collection. Okay, I will, I will gather my lists. I would say the only thing I could offer is also that I struggled a lot with my own identity crumbling at the time that the pandemic started and the culture crumbling around me as I knew it. So anything that gave me a feeling of control was really welcomed during the pandemic. And even just going out for a drive or getting a coffee. Even though everything felt so pointless, it was like, okay, it's pointless, but that like no one cares then. So I can go do what I is is gonna make me feel better for the next two hours. So that was helpful. And it doesn't have to be like this big grandiose moves. Like one thing that oh my God, that that is just like mental health for me. It's just watching like really stupid TV shows about just like very dumb problems like rich people problems it's like the best sort of therapy for me it's just like the literally it's just like there's something super entertaining about being in a pandemic and watching something like big little lies that is just like this rich people like having problems oh my god it's like the best it's literally <laughs> oh my god sitcoms are also really good big little lies is my life watching white women just like be white and like be pissed off it's it's very fun So if you guys can just like give me examples of just like these little things that, you know, it it isn't just like something you're interested, but like little things that people can do that might help every day. Like, you know, the short story that you did, Elana reads it like every morning, like just like these little things that a lot of the times kind of make her day, like not gonna lie, just like watching like rich people having problems is 
very therapeutic. I'm like, okay. At least I don't have like a dad body or something in my closet, you know? I have a lot of little things. I don't go to therapy because uh, I feel like it's a cultural thing, but also I guess my own problem. But so last semester when it was still like kind of nice out, every Friday I would get breakfast from Duncan and eat it outside because I wanted just a special little moment of like me doing my own little thing, drinking my little coffee, eating a sandwich. And so I also really like being outside. And I think during the pandemic, I kind of found that nature really is so amazing and it's like one of the only good things that's still happening I guess and so even like after work or if I feel like I'm just not having a good time in my room I'll just go and lay outside for like an hour and I'll lay there and like not on my phone I probably look really crazy but it really doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just laying out on McKeldin Mall. Also, another thing, I got a bunch of candles recently and I found how like it can really change your space. Like just having a little different sensory detail happening, sensory thing happening that's different, it can really make, here, I have a candle recommendation. This is driftwood and sea salt from Michael's and it's the best candle I have ever owned. So just little things like that where I'm like changing up my like everything that's going on. I also have crystals. That was another thing that I went through during this pandemic where I just started getting like tarot cards and crystals. That's a fun, I think that's another coping mechanism where it's like a different, I don't know enough about it to be able to explain it. And so I think that's basically what's happening in general and getting guidance from spirits and like other energy and just having these little things that can kind of help me out along the way. That isn't me speaking about my problems or like reading about bad things that are happening has been really helpful. And just like having something else that is really, that I can't see or really be connected with visually has been really good because I can just like it really resonates every time I do a reading for myself it's so helpful I feel like this entire um, pandemic one good thing is I've become such a goblin witch and I have like my plethora of crystals that I give to people that I bought out of a bag out of sand and I, sh I sifted it through and I washed them and I gave them to people like one of my friends wanted to go to like University of Illinois Chicago and I found a really shiny crystal that kind of looked like the Chicago bean and I was like here we're manifesting this he got in maybe not due to the crystal but like I don't know I think these are like nice little gifts to give people but I think also tarot cards like Tanine said are a very interesting way of doing introspection almost like the same thing with like horoscopes I like some people don't believe them and I'm so chill with that I do think it is a really nice way of like talking about ourselves to other people in ways that aren't as like clinical, like, oh, this is borderline personality disorder. I'm like, no, you're acting like such a Scorpio right now. Like you have an Aries moon, you're so angry instead of being like, oh, you obviously have issues with your father that is continuously like putting more rage inside of you. Like it's really nice ways of like talking about these feelings and how we feel about ourselves and other people around us that's not intimidating and is like a really nice way of doing it so like I've been reading people's charts I've been doing tarot card readings I've been lighting candles buying lavender and plants using them in my candles just being a little witch which like my family uh must really not like <laughs> they're all catholic so they're all like 
and I'm just like lavender (laughs) eucalyptus but it's been a really nice coping mechanism through all of this and just like propagating plants and giving it to people and just doing those little little things for people that they could have inside their own homes Mine are not as cool. Over winter break, I got really into the prices right. And especially over winter break, being able to just like sit and not do other stuff from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. And people get to win stuff and they always seem so happy. And Drew Carey tells everyone to wear a mask at the end. And it's just very calming. And also, if you're at home, you can mostly feel like you're better at the prices right than other people. But I think I would do terribly if I actually got on the show. Outside is definitely so important. I love outside. Whenever I feel like the most down, I remind myself like, okay, this can be fixed. Outside is a good first step. It's very easy. It's so close. And also like rereading books from when I was a kid or like even books that like are like aimed at kids, but not ones I read when I was younger. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It's just sort of nice, accessible to middle schoolers level story. But to be reading again is good along with outside. My thing has definitely been reading. One day our like full on internet, the entire thing just like went out in my area. So I just like got on my Kindle and I started reading books. And currently I have read 63 books this year. And like they're all just straight like romantic, romantic comedy trash. But like this year as in 2021. Yes. But like I don't have to think about it and I can just like read and enjoy. It just like brings me joy to like see people falling in love and like being happy. And I don't know, there's just like something about that. (laughs) But definitely like reading for me and then like just playing video games. Like I played Stardew Valley, which is basically just like you have your own farm. And like I just I don't have to do anything. I can just vibe, watch people do things and I just think that like taking a second and just like stepping away from your screen is also just like something that can just like help every day and like definitely separating out like your different spaces in life right like having a space like your desk where you work having a different space maybe like your couch where you relax and then having a space where you sleep that can definitely help you manage your life and your feelings and just like help you make time for yourself because you also have a space for all these like different pieces yeah I agree if you can and if you're like it's such a privilege to have like a sleeping space versus a workspace that if you can like try to work outside try to work in other places because I think they like it's just not good every time I work next to my bed or on my bed it just like calls me to sleep like the sleep paralysis demon and it's like go to bed sweet child sweet child go to bed and then I fall asleep so you know maybe try to like space it out and plus like just nice to go outside. Also, if you can't separate it, because my desk is right next to my bed, I have different candles that I'll put on. So like my driftwood candle, I do that while I'm in class or while I'm working so that that can be like the kind of smell that's happening. And then for like when I'm just doing my own thing, I have like apple and peach candles. So I feel like that change of scent kind of makes a distinction in my brain, hopefully. Also, another thing for the video games, I've been playing The Sims a lot, but nothing really like, like I just go to work and I try to get promoted. And so it's like kind of crazy, but then sometimes I'll like try to 
cause a ruckus and like this is irrelevant but i'll (laughs) try to like ruin relationships in the sims so like just some weird things that you can do on video games that you probably shouldn't do in real life or can't do because of the pandemic so i recommend the sims or like animal crossing and just grow some plants there's so many things you can do that aren't zoom on like technology I hate how much I've gotten into anime over this entire quarantine. Like, all of summer I was watching Cowboy Bebop, and, like, right now I'm just watching, like, Attack on Titan, and it's been, like, a really nice escapism for me, because, like, I think most of the time when I watch things, I kind of listen to it, but I don't really watch it, but, like, when I watch anime, it forces me to, like, visually watch the screen, because I have to read the subtitles, because it's not dubbed it's like subbed you know and really like pay attention to everything going on and I feel like I have a really bad habit as do a lot of people from our generation of like watching things but it's it's kind of background noise just so you don't feel lonely so you're like watching things but not really consuming it to its full potential or taking full appreciation for me specifically it's been very good to like just like focus at one thing at one time put my phone down maybe at the very most I'm consuming tea and maybe my cat's next to me but like I'm focused visually on one thing and that's been really nice because I've been feeling really overwhelmed with like everything going with just all my senses I'm doing so many things at once especially on the computer right like we're on zoom but we're also like on our textbooks we're also like messaging a friend in the class and then we're also answering like flack notifications and we just got an email about a 20% off coupon for like bed bath and beyond so it's just like it's just so much Thank you for all the Diamondback staff for hopping on this conversation with us. I hope it helps. Stay safe, stay healthy, love yourself. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Offbeat, and tune in the last Friday in April for a brand new episode about all things witchy and mystic.